0: So David. So Michelle. So you know how we always talk about LinkedIn being a really bad place um, for. I thought
1: Twitter was the really bad place. Sorry. No, no. no I the got... artist formerly known as yeah, Twitter, yeah, yeah. Which now I'm known I, as which X. I
0: have actually deleted off my phone. Really? Yes. Deleted off my phone. Don't even talk about it anymore. Well, I sometimes do. Anyway, LinkedIn. Yes. I came across what a delightful human. Oh really? And I thought this on person LinkedIn. on LinkedIn, and I thought this person is right up our alley. So I reached out. Yes. And he said yes.
1: And you know what? You then told me that this person had a book. Yes. Had two books. Yes. And I was, because I do so much reading, I went, oh my God, this had better be an audio (laughs) book. It is. And it was good? Oh, and may I just really clarify this? Yeah. My God.
0: Okay, I'm excited. I'm
1: like, I, 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 let's get, let's, let's introduce the guest and then I can gush.
0: Okay. You're listening to I Spied, the French spy of Australian intelligence.
1: Bonjour, mademoiselle. Bonjour. Uh, vous êtes très bon. I, I, I'm, I'm not really good at French. Poisson. Uh, pain au chocolat.
0: Okay, you need to stop because yeah, it's I'm, really bad. Yeah, I'm
1: really bad at this.
0: You're really bad Hello and welcome to I My name is Michelle Stevenson. I'm here with David Callan and we do have a very special guest and I'm very excited to introduce Jack Beaumont. Welcome. And I should say that's not your real name, right?
2: No, that's uh, not. Thanks a lot for having me, anyway.
1: No, no, no. We uh, Sorry.
0: There's, Jack- okay. There's so much. There's so much to discuss here. Like you are a writer, but before we get there, like you have had an incredible career. Or Pretty, president.
1: yeah. Oh, you know, come on. Slightly interesting.
0: <laughs> just, just you know, just uh, slightly interesting. So you um were a fighter pilot. Fighter pilot.
1: Yep. Mirages. Yep. yep. Yeah.
0: So you're in the French Air Force. French you joined, Air Force. Joined the French Air Force oh, in your late f- teens. For
1: our listeners, if you couldn't tell.
2: Jack is French.
0: Yes. <laughs> uh, yes, I am.
2: I'm proud to be. And actually, I'm Australian as well. Oh,
0: excellent. Okay. Well, I will say, too, I have a lot of French friends. So I like That's the accent. Okay. You're a, you're allowed in my space. I don't mind.
1: And may I say that I have actually been given permission by France to never speak French on French soil mm. when I walked into a shop to buy my wife a Christmas present in Paris. And I went, uh, bonjour, je m'appelle. And the woman went, no, <laughs> no, no. No. Uh, <laughs> I will not go to Australia and strangle a koala if you don't come <laughs> to my country and strangle my language. So there's going to be a lot of bad French from me. Yes,
0: yeah, so bad French and a lot of bad French accents oh, as well. Oui. So we, we kind of get used to that. So yep. you were a fighter pilot. Yep. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Because you kind of um, ended up having an accident, is that correct? And yep. then you kind of left. And after that, you went to somewhere pretty exciting.
1: The Balkans.
2: Is well, yeah, I started. I mean, uh, I, yeah, I started as a fighter pilot. I was flying uh, single seaters for dogfight.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Uh, so the Mirage 2000, which is not the Mirage you had in, in Australia, which was the old version. The of old, the yeah, we had the old Mirage. My father was a fighter pilot, ah, he, yeah. but he flew A4 Skyhawks. He ah, was yeah. a Navy pilot. Okay.
1: So not Air Force. But yeah, the Mirage, you had the more 1. And that was, it was also a, at one point, it was a nuclear. Uh,
2: well, you have different platform. version of it. Yeah, yeah. the but, the, the, uh, the, the, and, the one I was flying was the air to air combat yeah. uh, version. Was that of the D? It? No, it's the two thousand five. The dash five. Yeah. Okay. And, <laughs> Sorry, it's just... and, yeah. i literally.
0: We are literally having a hmm. a a fighter a fighter pilot off. I'm
1: getting a little. I'm getting a little flushed.
2: <laughs> and uh, and then uh, yes, I had my flying accident and uh, was yep. uh, retrained uh, for special forces. For special so, uh, forces. Yeah, so I did. I did a few years in the special forces. Uh, as a pilot, um, but with all the training, mm. uh, because if you crash the plane, then you mustn't be the weakest part of the chain, so you have to yep. be able to, you know. You yep. escape and evade training, all that yeah, sort of so stuff. all the forces, uh, forces, uh, you know, special forces training. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, actually, the people I was transporting in the back of the plane were either special forces or DGSE, right. so right. the French external secret service, yep. so mm-hmm. French CIA. So, like, in Australia, you know, you have AC, CESIO, yep external internal and and it's the same for for france dgse is in charge of external Mm. Those guys uh, became some became mates, and and then I had a survival training in the Alps in high altitude. Yep, because I was meant to go and do the same in Afghanistan for Bin Laden. Mm. And uh, one of my discs uh, popped out again in the lower back, ah. so I had a second surgery, and I've lost my medical ability to fly. Yep. in the air force
0: because they're quite strict. I would imagine they're quite strict. My um my stepfather as well. He was he was a pilot, um not in the air force, but you know commercial pilot. But like they're very strict on everything.
2: Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah.
0: <laughs> Like they w- they won't let you let you fly if you you know you've you know popped a pimple, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and then, then
2: they uh, they said, "Oh, uh, you you can keep your uh, commercial uh, ability, ability mm. to fly, mm. but for the military, you, you don't. So yep. you can go as a commercial pilot, but mm. you can't fly in the military anymore." And uh, no offense to commercial, commercial pilots, pilots. <laughs> but after being having been a, yeah. a single seater dogfight pilot and a special forces pilot. I didn't want to drive a, a bus. Yes, yeah, so my no. father
1: said, why would you drive a bus yeah. once you've driven a sports car? Yeah, so, It makes yeah. total sense. Yeah. So I,
2: I didn't want to go there, and I was a bit lost. And those mates uh, said to me, why don't you try to join us? And mm. so I did the test, which is a one-year test.
0: A one-year test. Yeah. yeah. So that's – okay. So what?
2: You've got to sit in a room for a year with just <laughs> lots of paper <laughs> and answer all the – Are you, all al- qu- are, no, are you allowed to. to
0: discuss what that test is kind of like or any kind of parts of that I, test? I
2: yeah, I can't. I mean, I can't go in any details. No, 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 it, no. It's confidential, but basically, they are playing on, they deprive you of sleep. Yeah. And put you in very weird situations. Yeah, right. And see how you react. Yeah. And of course, you have a lot of psychological tests. Yeah. Uh, this kind of stuff. One and,
0: year, though. One year is pretty intense. Yeah, yes. but it's
2: not, it's not, I mean, it's, uh, you know, they call you like every, uh, yes. every second week or every month, and then you have to go and do a few days, and then mm. you come back. So, I. During those uh, this one year, I went back to some studies, not mm. to lose this one year in case yeah, I would cool. not be selected. Yeah, exactly. And then I was selected. And when you join like this, uh, as you, you may know, David, you join normally to be an analyst Yeah. Uh, in the uh, intelligence division, yep. which is uh, the biggest division of, of, of the company. Uh, and normally after a few years of being an analyst, then you start dealing with the human sources, who are which mm. are already recruited. Uh, and then you have another division, which is the uh, operational division. Uh, in charge of all the clandestine operations on the false identity. And they contacted me internally and said, do you want to do the test Mm. to join the operational division? I said yes, was selected, and I joined. And then I did uh, seven, almost eight years of clandestine missions on false identity.
0: I would imagine that that would be pretty intense or pretty rough on the psyche.
2: Very. Yeah. yeah. That's the reason yeah. why I
1: wrote The Frenchman. Yeah. If the book is yeah. anything to go on, and I am I am up to Chapter 12 <laughs> yeah. of it. And by the way, let me just say before we go any further, that the person reading your book, it's, uh, Julian Pulvermacher, is absolutely sensational. Really? He nails it. He and, and, and as a voice artist, for me, I just listen to it going, God damn it, you lucky butter. I
0: love that you listen to the audiobooks. Oh, see, I like reading a book.
1: Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I do too much reading. I like I, I do right. so much reading for this and for yeah. other things that I do that, yeah, when it comes to reading for relaxation, I'd rather have it read to me. See, I'm And like, also I'm childish.
0: It's next on my list to read. My husband's already read the book. He, yeah. Like he read the book ages Great. ago. He loves a spy thriller. He said it was phenomenal. Have and, you read the uh, first
2: one or the second one? Uh, the first one. The first I'm on first. The yeah, Frenchman. Yeah. I haven't yeah. read, read yeah. Dark he, or Any yet. He
0: might have read the second one as well. He just smashes through the spy spy books. Yeah. So, but it takes me a little while. I'm halfway through another one, <laughs> which I've had to take a break from. I don't know if you've read um, Year of the Locust no. by Terry Hayes. Oh, Not did yet. you know that
1: that is the second book that he's
0: written? Yes, yeah. the Pilgrim I mean, is the first one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I would recommend you—you you might like it because I think it's probably there's probably some parallels. Anyway, so I've got it. It's on my reading list. It's—it's going to be next. But because I find them so intense. But this is one yeah, of the intense, things that I do really yeah. like
1: about the Frenchman and, and the way that your writing style is. There is that high action, high drama thing that you expect from a spy thriller. But it is also so beautifully populated with authenticity. Like when you talk about the choke point. Uh, you know, when you're doing counter-surveillance and you're basically looking for a choke point, so when that tail comes behind you, they have to go through. What was it? I've written it down so point well. passage me... obligé. That's it? Yeah. The obligé. I love the fact that, it, that when everything – that's the other thing. <laughs> French spying sounds far sexier than any other spying on the planet. <laughs> yeah. All right? I mean, the fact that we call it human, human intelligence, but you call it – and let me, here I go, let me do it, here Rosamont, we go. uh d'origine humaine. Enseignement d'origine humaine. It sounds
0: way better when you say please can you not no, butcher but the language. Said this, she
1: said go on do your French and then he'll correct you and you will look stupid but that's your job. I know right? that is your job. Mm-hmm. But it is stupid. it's like the thing that I really like about it is there is that real authenticity, the depth to it which and you know it's a very gritty very gritty novel which is, reflects your experience as an intelligence officer, particularly as an operational intelligence officer doing you know external clandestine Kind of stuff. So you talk about the pressure that you've, you that your character Alec is under. How much is that reflected in what happened to you?
2: Uh, so look, it's it's uh, it's highly realistic. I mean, it's really based on real experiences. Mm-hmm. For one very simple reason, is actually the reason why I wrote The Frenchman at the beginning uh, was to um, let's say unload or evacuate yeah. a part of my PTSD. Exercise mm-hmm. of the demons. Yeah. So, yeah. so uh, because I was still, you know. Um, in the middle of the night checking every door every window yes. you know in the dark with a knife in my hand
0: 100% and i then, could see that uh, happening
2: and and sitting in the in on the couch in the living room in the dark waiting for someone to come in you know yep. Um, yep. because you think if i did it to others why Mm. Wouldn't anyone yeah, else so do it to me?
0: You would basically always be in fight or flight mode.
2: Yeah, always. And <laughs> what that would yeah. do
0: to your psyche and just your your body and the human condition, I would imagine that would be quite tough. And were you were you married at the time? Like, yeah. and would she just wake up and go, just put the knife down? It's yeah, okay. You no, know,
2: she yeah, she was coming in the living room and <laughs> telling me uh, go back to bed. You know? yeah. yeah, yeah. But it, it's that's the, the the main things I wanted to address uh, in, in those books at the beginning is. First, the fact that 90% of us are married with kids Mm. yeah, Mm. because it's a sign of mental stability, but we can come back to that after if you want. Uh, (laughs) Are you telling us you're (laughs) not mentally stable? (laughs) Well, (laughs) I'm married and I'm not. uh, (laughs) But uh, at least it's a sign of supposedly mental stability. And the psychological aspect of the job, uh, Mm. so usually in every spy thriller or TV series and everything, there are two aspects which are not uh, so much explored. Uh, and, and the real life of a spy is, uh, of course, very intense, but even more intense because it has a massive impact on the family, has a massive impact on the psychological mm. aspect of things. You're losing all your friends. You're losing – you have no social, uh, you know, life. Mm. Yeah. Basically, you have to lie to everyone. And, and you and
0: wouldn't be able to trust people you either. You can't
2: trust anyone. And yeah. as, as you were just saying, uh, like, for example, when I was a fighter pilot or even in Special Forces, when you come back from a mission – uh, you can have a weekend, you can have uh, mm. holidays, you have time off, and, yeah. you, and you have time off, and you can rest your brain yeah. and your body. But when you're a spy, the bad guys you've been you know, fighting the, the previous mm. week, they're not going to stop chasing you because it's Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, they <laughs> so, don't take time off. Yeah.
0: They don't know that you're on holiday. Yeah, so,
2: no. yeah, now, so speaking of
1: time off, we do have to take a quick break right now Okay. You know, because we've got advertisers. We've, okay. got, we've got to pay for this. We do? Well, well somebody has to.
0: <laughs> I'm not getting paid.
1: Oh, oh anyway we'll okay, take a quick break this.
0: Okay so welcome back so you well speaking of welcome back you you really don't get a break when you're um when you're in this scenario how were you with your wife before you joined the special forces
2: yeah, so, so
0: that w- must have been quite a decision as well.
2: Yeah, well, um, so that's a good story. <laughs> uh, so uh,
0: oh, you're you're still married to that one, yeah, right? Still, yeah, still, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, still. So yeah. So, yeah, so um, long story short, the, mm. the 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 character, the main character of the book, is. Myself, so yep. it is uh, married with two sons, which is yep. my case, yep. and yeah, I'm still with the same uh, wife. I met her when I uh, was at the end of my fight pilot times. Okay. Then she went uh, through everything, and uh, when I applied for the DGSE, I didn't tell her. Okay, that's fine. Uh, because.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. oh, that's really yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because
2: I thought that if I'm not selected,
0: then she what, doesn't what's need the to know. point yeah. Uh, yeah. stressing
2: her for one year, yeah. you know? Yeah.
0: So you were already started the lying process.
2: Oh, I, li- I started when <laughs> I was a kid. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Actually, I saw, you know, this, this doco on, on, I think it's on Apple Plus, about John Le Carre, yeah. mm-hmm. and, and, uh, which is the, the pigeon tunnel. Yep. I don't yep. know if you saw it. It's really, I ha- really. I good. haven't
0: seen it, but we talk about John Locke. And,
2: and, and he says at some point that he thinks he became a spy when he was a kid. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And, and that's exactly right. Uh, In my, what way? Uh, my parents were fighting a lot, uh, so heavily fighting. Escaping. And so uh, the only way I could survive, basically, is by listening to them, observing them, knowing before what they were going to do, yep. and lie. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's where I think yeah. I became a spy. And yeah. that's
0: interesting because I think like that fight or flight kind of starts when you do start. Because I grew up in like kind of a bit of a rough household as well and we've spoken a lot about how he thinks I'd make a good spy I just ended up being a journalist which is kind of like like, being a spy like being a spy yeah really (laughs) yeah
1: only you're public about
0: it yeah exactly but like you you develop those fight or flight responses from a very young age and you learn those skills that you can navigate and use to get through that kind of like survival and interestingly like I don't uh, my fight or flight doesn't really spike my cortisol like it would like a regular kind of person's I can find it quite easy to get through a situation in a fight or flight situation without spiking that kind of cortisol and having that kind of that reaction that a regular person in that situation would. I would imagine it would probably be a similar situation with you.
2: So when I mean, you trained uh, very simply. Yes,
0: but also just discussing like background, that kind of backgrounding stuff as well kind of preps you for this life. No, no, I mean, when I I say
2: you trained, it means uh, uh, as a child. Yeah. you, You you. if you were in this kind of situation being a kid, Mm. you've been training your brain from the very beginning. And and so it becomes almost natural. Yeah, Uh, exactly. Mm -hmm. So it's not a... You don't need to have a special reaction even of your body because for you it's just normal.
0: Yeah, exactly. I remember I yeah. went to I started therapy a, a few years ago and I was just talking to the therapist and he goes, there's only two ways to come out of your upbringing. You're either fighting or you're dead and he goes, you need to stop fighting yeah. <laughs> and yeah. because you, re- you reach a certain age where you're like, oh, I've got nothing to fight for, but you're just creating scenarios to oh, fight. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> now it, that was one of the, the interesting things about the character about uh, mm. in the book, about Alec, is the fact that he – did you play rugby? Yeah. yeah. And did you enrol yourself yeah, in a boarding school? Yeah, right. so team, these So yeah. those little details, particularly that thing where you said that Alex's character had that thing where he would 110% focus. So he wasn't the biggest guy, he wasn't the strongest guy, but he was a great rugby player because he had the, the, the focus and the intensity that you needed. And, again, that's something that you would expect from someone who's working in a clandestine role is you've got to maintain the role. I mean, I, I always like to say that, like, You know, when they say politics is showbiz for ugly people, like, ACO was NIDA for, uh, like, intense people. Intelligence work has got a lot to – it's very similar to acting. Only thing is in acting, you're going, if I get it wrong, I don't get an Oscar or I get booed. Whereas in intelligence, if you get it wrong, it's a real life-threatening situation. Mm.
0: Why did you leave? What ended up happening there?
2: I mean, why did I leave the services? Yeah. Uh, uh, because uh, so this this is a very uh, much darker job than what people think. Yeah, and uh, being on the field uh, like this because mm. it's a actor game. Yep. and you have so I had five different IDs on which I was turning all the time.
0: So did did you have like like in the Americans or like any of those kind of spot? You have like a little box somewhere with all these like different. Uh, so the Americans
2: the American, the American g- call this uh, the go bag. Yeah, and, the go bag, uh, and then they they hide it somewhere. Uh, no, I, I think uh, go back for our point of view is very dangerous.
0: Yeah, because people can find it. Yeah, and someone fo- finds uh, it. You and, and
2: also, and also because uh, to make a, a false ide- ID uh, credible, mm. this identity has to live.
0: Yes. Yeah. And
2: and, and uh, you can't
0: have other people.
2: And so having just a name somewhere um, which is never used, which
0: mm. you know doesn't
2: have a real life. Yeah. The day you will have to need it and to use it, uh, then it would be quite easy to find out that it's not a real ID. Yeah. So with the false ID goes a legend. Yes. uh, Which is your false life. Yeah. And this false life has to be as realistic as possible Mm. and has to be alive. Uh, So, for example, we spend a lot of time what we call gardening. Yeah. So uh, maintaining false addresses and everything. So uh, the, the guy at the coffee shop around the corner where you're supposedly living, has to know your face and know know you under that name. Yeah. yeah. Uh, same for the uh, the hairdresser. Same for you know where you buy your mm. your fruits or whatever. So yep. that if someone comes one day with your picture mm. and says, "Do you know this person?" They say, "Oh yeah, his name is this, and he lives yeah, here around and the corner. He lives around the yeah. corner. Yeah, yeah." Yep. And this can save your life.
0: Yeah. So, but interestingly, your wife, you were already with your wife. Yeah. So, how much I told her at
2: I- IKEA. At IKEA, yeah.
0: <laughs> do you know what? <laughs> regardless, regardless, flat
2: pack relationship.
0: Yeah, let's we'll just build
1: a shelf, and I'll tell you a secret. Yeah. I
0: think I think most relationships almost crumble at IKEA anyway. Yeah, because walking around those IKEAs, like <laughs> it's true, it's true. It's like a nightmare. It's true.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so they oh, look, they I- should they should put some psych- psychologists <laughs> yes. at the end of it. I don't what's wrong
0: every time I've gone there with a partner it's like we're almost separated by the end of it
2: look the
1: first time we took one of the kids Mm. was Mackenzie he was about two Yeah, and he he wanted something and we weren't going to buy it for him and he just had the Biggest tantrum. And of course, there's all those new couples that walk around IKEA because yeah. they've just got moved in together and yeah. they're trying to buy everything they need. And they're just looking down their nose while we're trying to deal with this screaming kid. And I just went, ah, oh, fuck it. If I can't beat him, I'll join him. So I got on the ground and started screaming with him. Yeah. And that just made the entire shop just backed away. Well, but, yeah, I, Ikea is a nightmare.
0: You're the kind of weirdo I would stay away from of at course. IKEA. So and you told now her, her you IKEA, work with me. you told her at IKEA. A, how did she receive that? And then B...
1: What did you have to buy it to <laughs> to make it up to? Well,
0: her? I'm sure what he had to buy her was not found in Ikea. No. <laughs> um, but what, like how difficult would it have been? Because you would have had to have created this whole new life and she would have had to have been part of that process.
2: Yeah, so... Um it's it's uh, a bit tricky because um, I mean uh, the company is uh, basically asking you if possible uh, not to tell your wife yeah uh, and, uh. And, and and my wife being Australian was even more. What they were asking me?
0: Yeah, because we we, we consent. You can't lie to us. <laughs> no, but I mean, it's
2: uh, it's but also mean,
1: that that whole fact that she's a foreign national. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. for you to reveal that kind of yeah. information to a foreign national, yeah. even though it is your wife and she probably would well, not probably she would have been vetted anyway. Yeah. But even then, she's a foreign national. Right. You cannot no, tell she that.
2: was vetted and everything. But yeah. it's it's um it's uh, yeah something you are not meant to to share. But that, of course, that's a recipe for divorce. Yeah, and, and um so. Uh, we were in IKEA, and uh, <laughs> and I was trying I was trying to grab something on the top of the ladder. Yeah. And I had this phone call from my boss at the Air Force Headquarters, who knew I applied for mm. the DGSE, and he said to me, uh, "In the next minute, you're gonna receive a you know unknown uh, ID caller. Yeah. You have to take it. Yeah. Uh, it's related to uh, the test you did in the la- over the last year. Uh, so I said fine. So I was still on the top of the ladder. My phone <laughs> rings. And I've got this guy I don't know telling me you applied for something, yes, you've been selected. Uh, you, we are expecting you on that day at mm. uh, 8 a.m. and uh, this address, don't be late and okay. hang up and hang up the phone. So I'm like, "Oh shit, okay. So I, I walk <laughs> down. So I walked down my, <laughs> my ladder, and my wife is like, "What what yeah. happened? What, what yeah. is it? Who is this?" Yeah, yeah. And I said, funny oh. story." And, and I say, "Well, I've got something to tell you uh, and looks like I'm going to become a spy." Uh-oh. And, and she went, what? I would have been the same. <laughs> what are you saying? So she's been through fighter pilot, special forces. Yeah. And she said, look, this is too dark for me. Mm-hmm. So actually, I don't want to know anything about it. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to talk to me about it. Okay, yeah. that's
0: pretty fair. I, I, it's, I, I,
2: it, it's it's something I don't want in my life. That's something I don't want on my shoulders. And I don't want to pollute my you know happy life and brain with, oh, this, wow. with this kind of darkness. Yeah. So it would be for you alone to carry.
0: She's very smart. I am the complete opposite. I would be like, tell me everything. Mm-hmm. I want to know because I just I couldn't live oh, like you that. Can't. That's no, I know. No. But like, and see, I would be going, would...
1: can I come with you? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <That> <laughs> but you would really wouldn't be married to me. But uh, there, but there must have been times over the, those eight years that, that period of time that would have been really taxing on Ooh. her. Oh yeah, for sure. And your relationship as well, because there would have been instances where you know you were feeling certain things or maybe you. You had injuries and you couldn't quite explain them or you couldn't talk about it.
2: Well, it's, it's the fact, the simple fact that you disappear for a few days or a few weeks. Uh, mm. What I was doing was rarely more than a few weeks. Mm. Yeah. And of course, there is no contact with the family, no contact with the real life.
0: Would she have fears that you might not come home?
2: Certainly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, certainly, But there is absolutely no contact with the family. Uh, first, because you are someone else and this someone else doesn't know your family. Yeah. And, and secondly, because it would be the biggest mistake uh, just to go in a cyber coffee and, and send an email to yeah. have some news. If you are under surveillance, which you can never really be sure that you're not, uh, then they have your real identity. And that's the ultimate uh, threat is to go back to your real name and to your family. Yes. And then the bad guys have a leverage on you because they identified your family. So the beginning of Dark Arena, for example, the second book, I mean, basically, my books are based on real experiences. I I changed the countries and I changed the people. Of course, the purpose not being to reveal any high state secrets. (laughs) Yeah but it did happen to to someone in my team who came back home one day uh, and and his wife and daughter uh, were on their knees in the living room and oh. you had five guys with ladders oh. with a gun on the head oh. you know all right so yeah
0: no 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 that we, is like
2: we need
1: to take a break now we do we need we need i need to i need okay. to process this right i think we should take a break now can you wait for a week and we'll come back yes. and we'll finish this cuz that's like that we need to I think everyone needs to process and I like to finish things on a cliffhanger. We've lit-
0: literally left it on a cliffhanger.
1: Exactly. That means they have to come back and listen if they want to hear the end of the story.
0: Okay. I like it. I like good. your style. You great for that? Yeah. I'm We've good. got some
1: food down in the kitchen.
0: Yeah. It's fine. You'll be fine. He'll That's feed fine. you. See you <laughs> in a sec.